Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Clip Central On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. Clipcentral.com. Well, good afternoon. My name is Dr. Cindy Siwe-Fansel, and I'm back again on the Health Hour. And I have a very exciting guest in studio with me this afternoon, Dr. T, um, as you know, she's popularly known, Dr. Tlaling. And she's the resident doctor on, on KFM. But the other thing that she is, which I really love, is that she's a, a GP that has decided to focus her work on sex and sexual health. And these are issues that, you know, considering how much sex we actually have, very few doctors have dedicated their careers to helping people in this in this arena. So, Dr. T, thank you so much for being here. I know you're very busy with the, you know, you, know, you had a baby in December, but I'm really glad to have managed to, you know, to get you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an honor. Well, first things first, when did you start doing medicine? Why did you decide to become a medical doctor? Well, I graduated in UKZN in 2007 and I started my internship at the Jen, Jobek Jen in 2008. Mm-hmm. So I've been into that slavery, as we call it, um, of internship. <laughs> and yeah, it was a grueling two years and follow, followed by years, um, community service in the West Rand. And that year you're supposed to find yourself, you know, decide where you're going to specialize and what speaks to you. And honestly, for me, nothing was talking to me at the time. I mean, I know I love medicine and, you know, I was good at every discipline in any rotation that I was in, I enjoyed it, but nothing was screaming out for me. And as um, you know, the world will have it, the universe works in, in amazing ways. What you put out there, generally that's what you get back. And um, I found myself dealing a lot um, in that community service in 2010 during the World Cup um, with patients with sexual dysfunction, a lot of STIs, because I was working in the West Rand. So it's a very small a, uh, community, but it is over a large area. So as far as Caltonville mm. and, and up to Cajiso. So I was working in that community, going to five different clinics every day, and mm. the stories were the same. Um, you know, I've, I was wondering, why is this old man feeling so comfortable to tell me about his erectile dysfunction? Yeah. Um, you know, you'll find someone who's been on blood pressure medication or recently diagnosed diabetic, for example, even a HIV positive patient mm. who've been on the program, who've been coming to the clinics for years. And suddenly, why are they so comfy to talk to me about all of this? Mm. And I thought, well, maybe this is a sign. Maybe there is more to this. Um, and I've always loved to be a teacher. I always thought somewhere in my life purpose, teaching and, and sharing knowledge would be, you know, um, what I did and hence I, I embraced this and I thought well look we are living in a country with the HIV statistics as we have and it's not enough to say to people don't have sex, abstain, use a condom it's not enough um, but how can we speak about sex in an accessible way in a non um, you know, defensive way or offensive way in some cases and how do we show people and teach people how to have sex and enjoy it because we're never going to stop having sex regardless of how bad the HIV statistics are we're not going to stop and that's the thing. I, mean, so, I think sex is a very um this is this is what we were born to do. People were just born to have sex. I don't think, I don't think anyone understands how natural it is for us to have sex. It's a drive. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the show that you do, um, just the reach of your show. I mean, the other day, I, I mean, I work in the CBD. Um, I do HIV in town on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And one of one of the patients came in and um, mentioned you and said that they had listened to you on KFM and you're speaking about the G spot and sex toys. Yeah. So they were asking me where they could get a sex toy. So yeah. I, I said, to her, "Look, give me the money and I'll get and buy it for you." And yeah. I did. I went and I bought her a clitoral vibrator. So I haven't seen her. I'm going to see her again next week, nice. and I can't wait to hear the feedback. But imagine, like, I'm, and, I, and I and the reason I mentioned this is because I'm speaking about an, an, a woman over fifty, a black female, who listened to your show and mm-hmm. thought to herself, "You know what?" 
there's something there. There's something I need to explore. There's something about my yeah. own sex life that I have not experienced. They're talking about this G-spot. They're speaking about orgasms. I need to know what that's all about. Mm. So hey. your mission is actually working. My job is done, mm. you know, and... People will always ask you like, why don't you specialize? Why don't you do as if what we do is less than, mm. you know? And it's not about that. It's about having a positive impact on people's lives. The way people, you know, relate. Relationships are very, are very, uh, very important. You know, if we, if we don't have sex on our own, we're having sex with each other. So sexual health, yes, but relationships as well. So that's another angle, you know, of the work that I do. A lot of couples <clears throat> have issues that they think are to do with sex But when you actually delve deeper You realize No, no, no There's actually more of a relationship problem And it's just spilling over into sex Oh, yes And because You know There's this pers- this I don't know what it is But we, we We give up our power to our doctors mm. You know Your doctor must decide When it's right for you to take medicine mm. Your doctor must decide for you When it's good to to be referred People don't take initiative As a result They go through the entire reproductive years For example as women And they've never looked at their vagina Because their doctor does it at the pap smear and you know those are the, the, the some of the some of the power that we we give up as people yeah. you know to other individuals um so people don't do a self breast exam because mm. they think when you put a telescope in their chest that's what you're doing you know these are some of the things the feedback that I was getting when I ask women like why do you let your lump grow so big and it's mm. fungating mm. no but I, I always go to my doctor every month for my blood pressure check so i thought you know they'd pick it up so my my whole work my mission is to educate people about how their bodies work mm. how things look you know, there's, we are all different, but if you know about you, if you keep a diary to say, this is what my menstrual cycle looks like, this mm. is what happens, this is what I feel like on day five. And by the time you see your doctor, you know, you've got a very comprehensive history yeah. and they can help you, you know, and you yourself are informed. So if anything goes wrong, very quickly you can pick up that, hey, something is not right here. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just to, just to like, you know, get into to sex more, more deeply, I think today what I want to do, I really want to, um, you know, cover the myths around sex. I, th- I think in, in, in the 10 years I've been a medical doctor, I have seen it all. I've heard it all. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you laugh, sometimes you're shocked, but many times you're just aware of how much people don't know. And I think the first thing we can speak about is just the whole pulling out thing. And for those of you that don't know, <laughs> pulling out is what we call the rhythm method where, okay, fine. So you have sex, you look at your cycle, you have sex, mm. you try to avoid having sex when you're most fertile and you have sex all the other times. You can't do that willy-nilly you know so i think dr t if you can just break that down a bit that if you are going to use that method which i don't advocate but if you are going to use it you need to have a basic understanding of the female you know menstrual cycle and you know i like you say you don't advocate for that and i'm also one of those the pulling out method actually doesn't work Mm. you you taking chances with something that you shouldn't take a chance with we know that there are contraceptives out there. We know the efficacy. The research has been done. And it's just up to you to choose what's most convenient for you, what's most suitable for you in terms of um, your progesterones and your estrogens and where you fall on that scale and, and, and go for it. But the pulling out honestly doesn't work. You know, people say, oh, or let me put on the thighs. Or, <laughs> it doesn't work. But it, if you, were to, if you were to go for that method, if you were again, if you were to use the rhythm, the rhythm method, yes. right, what would, what would you, what should, what should you be looking at? Okay. No. So basically what you're looking for is that you need to know when you ovulate. Yeah. And ovulation differs from Person to person Some ladies ovulate very quickly Up to 7 days after their menstrual cycle Some ladies can take up to 14 Up to 18 days after their menstrual cycle So that's a very huge gap 
Where you In the unknown That's about two weeks Where you can't actually have sex So there are ovulation kits out there That if you want to know Specifically when you ovulate You know It's like a home pregnancy test mm. You pee on it A urine test Yeah And it will tell you It will give you a smiley To say yes you're ovulating Or no you're not ovulating Yeah And remember that test you know, it, it, it's all hormonal based. So some people's hormones are quite high. So very quickly, very early on, the test can pick up that you're ovulating. Mm. But some people, things are steadily going up. So it may pick up that you're not ovulating. But, but back at the ranch, you are. You probably are. And that's what we, you know, all the false negatives we need to, 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 to take into account. But the best way to find out when you are ovulating and therefore to avoid those seven days, five to seven days, is to do the ovulation test and and record your cycle yeah. and and your days and then um I mean there's some some people feel the ovulation pain in their ovaries mm, it's like um, period pain almost yes like on the left or on the right depending mm. on which which side you're ovulating on so that's another clue um that you may be that you may be ovulating but the only way to do it properly is to do the the urine test and most people don't do the urine test so the best thing to do is to just use condoms if all else use fails condoms. use condoms use so condoms. female condom or the male condom yeah. the next myth that um comes up quite a lot is the one of penis size so i just, i wanted <laughs> us to lay this to rest once and for all, all. does size matter dr t size doesn't matter darling the size of the boat doesn't matter. It's how you rock that boat exactly. that matters. And yes, we can get technical and anatomical and all of that, but it's not important. The point of the matter is if I'm in a ML and you are in a Yaris, we're going to get to Cape Town. Ne? We're mm-hmm. going to get there. Whether it's comfortable or whatever, that's another discussion altogether. But the point is how you use your penis do you know where to stimulate? Because it doesn't matter if it's big or small. If I'm unaroused as a female and I'm dry and you just come and, oh, hello, baby, and you just shove the thing in my vagina, what do you think is going to happen? It doesn't exactly. matter how, what the size is. Exactly. If if, if um, I am aroused, for example, I'm ready for you and, you know, we want a, quick, a quickie. Mm-hmm. And, for example, I'm harboring some tension from two days before because I found out you're cheating on me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you've got the biggest penis on, on earth. We're not going to have a good sex life exactly. So we need to realize that um, There's a lot of things that impact on our sexual function That shouldn't But we let them because of how we've been socialized mm-hmm. And guys have a lot of pressure Around penis size You know they will come And they'll ask you about vacuum pumps Which sometimes work um, Penal weights Do you know that you can put weights on your penis Imagine. To make it exercise You Imagine. know, Drastic things like that So it, it, it's a big business And people take advantage of I mean if you just drive from here to Senton You're going to find A thousand posters Penis enlargement Call this So there's a lot of things That you know People take advantage mm. Of people who are ill-informed Who have um, You know Unreasonable expectations And remember With the penis size ne, You've got the growers And the showers mm. So And that's and, and then I'm so glad You brought that up Because I think th- The reason why I want I brought this up Early on in the show Is because I want to I want people to understand That you can pay A lot of money and, and, and nothing comes out at the end of it all because yes. as you say, there are people who are taking advantage, there are people who are preying on your, on your insecurity as yes. a man in terms of your penis size. And we're here to say to you, size does not matter. And growers and showers, I think go into detail about that. Yeah. So you've got the growers where if you look at the guy who's unaroused yeah. and his penis looks, you know, quite small, but when he is aroused, suddenly there's this monster that comes out. <laughs> 
and grows out of nowhere. And those are we call the growers. Yeah. Okay. Because you you unaroused and you look quite small, which is fine. I mean, guys who are on unaroused penis can go up to what eight centimeters, six centimeters. Yeah. Which is fine. And then when you are aroused and you're ready to have sex, you can go up to in fifteen, seventeen centimeters in yeah. some guys. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the showers who well. Even they're wearing jeans, you know how they are, ne? They'll always <laughs> there's that side step that they do just to to show off. Those are the showers, okay? Yeah. Those guys will not have a, a dramatic increase in length once they are aroused. So even when they are unaroused, their penis almost still looks like, hey, I'm here. You know, yeah. look at me. So those are the showers, you know, they show off and, and all of that. And those are the guys which are bad because then they will then go to the others and say, Hey dude, what's, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Exactly. You know, at the urinals, you know how guys are pink. You always look, you know, you do the side eye when you guys are peeing by the urinals. So you have, always have that one that goes into the private cubicle. Poor thing, but it shouldn't be that way. Mm. And so nothing, no. and I think penis size has got nothing to do with, with, um, ethnicity, ethnicity as well. Because we hear that a lot That oh no The guys from Limpopo Banjani in, in, And no. it just makes me so upset Because no. it's not true You're right doc it, it doesn't matter And remember in any demographic There's always two standard deviations On either side Yeah So you'll always have You know if you're measuring height You'll always have The 50% The majority of the people Are somewhere in the middle mm. And then you'll always have Those who are the Either very short yeah. Or very tall And you know it's It's all okay yeah. And well, look, if you just tuned in, you're listening to me, Dr. Cindy, um, at DOCSINDI on Twitter. And I'm chatting to Dr. Tlaleng, um, at DRTLALENG on Twitter. And you can call us on 0861 I've got a question, Doc, from Mark. Mark says, um, circumcision, how does that play a role in one's sex life? And is it a must to snip? It's not a must to snip. It's optional. It's I say optional. this all the time. Yes, always. It's always optional. Um, you know, if there's anything in medicine that's a must, like vaccinations and stuff, you're going to have a big, big drive, firstly by government, because the Department of Health always takes the lead in anything that we know has proven that if you don't do it, your health outcomes are going to be detrimental. So we know that circumcision is one of those that you can choose. Whether religious or cultural, people are being pushed to do it for different reasons and, of course, at different ages. However, we do know that if you are circumcised, um, you harbor less infections and STIs around what would be that excess skin yeah. around the glands of your penis. And in terms of hygiene, if you're a guy who, who isn't going to wash your uncircumcised penis and that skin thoroughly, you will be at risk of infections and humidity and then you end up with things like thrush and, and all of that. So, in, in the recent studies that have been done around HIV prevention, yeah. it's come through that men who have medical circumcision yes. are less likely to pass on the virus, um, HIV virus, onto the female. But we need to be very careful because that medical male circumcision protects the males. The female is still at risk, regardless if you're sleeping with a circumcised or uncircumcised guy. As women, we know that our vaginas and our um, pelvic pelvic area is in such a way, the anatomy, that we are at more risk because the guys have the epithelial lining yeah. around their penis, which means there's less, you know, um, chance of, of entryway and barrier um, um, breakdown. Uh, yeah. But for females, it's it's very less. You know, we have white cells circulating in our vagina all the time, and those are the white cells and that so the so much more mucous membrane and than so much than more males. mucus. Yeah, and 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 we wait a lot more. Mm. And remember, with micro tears and stuff, it's mostly the women. Who will experience that quite quickly and, and, and very, and very, um, uh, quite dramatically as opposed to guys. Mm-hmm. So medical male circumcision, it's not, 
compulsory for, for, for guys to have, but it, it is something that enhances, um, your, your health, um, in terms of your risk for HIV and your hygiene and your STI. And not just about HIV. Hey, we have a lot of other STIs that we need to worry about yeah. in terms of, um, sexuality. So yeah, have it. Some guys will say, oh, um, you know, my sensation is less. Um, Which is since true. Having, I mean, for, yeah, for some guys that is actually yeah, true. For some guys it's true, but it's also probably less if you use a condom for some people. Yeah. But those are not the reasons for us to say don't do it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how less sensitized you think you are, you will still need to use a condom because that's the right thing to do. Hmm, okay. And then inappropriate wants to know, um, so, you know, he wants to talk about how much sex pregnant women want, you know. And I think just from, from my point of view, the hormones actually contribute to the increased sex drive. What do you have to say about that? Yes. And, you know, when people are pregnant, we need to allow them the space to sort of find themselves. Yeah. You know, accept what's going on with their bodies. There's a lot of women who look forward to being pregnant mm. and they get pregnant and they're like, oh, I didn't realize there was so much backache. I'm nauseous Everything all the time. Changes. Everything, Everything changes. changes. So as much as you may have gone into it thinking, oh, I can't wait. But then suddenly all of these change, emotionally you change. And um, then you've got the, the stress of, you know, employment. What's going to happen to my work? Mm. So there's a lot of, of, of issues that a pregnant woman goes through. Mm. Do they have support from their spouse or from their partner or from their family? So I always say to guys, if your woman is pregnant or your partner is pregnant, be supportive as you can in the beginning. Yeah. Take the lead from her. If I assume you've been communicating well before she fell pregnant. So you know the signals that she would give you when she wanted to have sex or when she wanted to play. Use those signals. Have an open communication and say, look, this is what, you know, I feel like I want to touch you or, you know, nibble her ear, anything. And remember, women are sensitive. When you're pregnant, if you little, a little touch on my nipple, you know, women's going to go wild. Yeah, things are more engorged. Exactly. And I think it's important for guys to know this, that what you used to enjoy before you're pregnant might change after you're pregnant. And so often it changes. Yeah. And you need yeah. to talk. I mean, talking makes all the difference. I mean, I'll give an example. I love ismiyaki um, for men. It smells lovely. I call it sex in a bottle. But when I felt pregnant, I hated it. So my poor oh, husband yes. then had to get rid of his bottle because I was like, no, you're making me vomit. Stay away from me. Yes. He was so confused. But the moment that I had the baby, I was back in love with ismiyaki again. So exactly. communication is everything. It's key. And don't take everything so personally. Remember the woman is, is there's a person growing inside. Yeah. Okay. That's a very special time. So now, be understanding, be accommodative, you know, as opposed to just walking in and say, why is there no supper? Yeah. You know, just be darling. How was your day today? And then she probably tell you that, no, I had a headache or my back mm. was sore. Then that probably explains why, you know, certain things are the way they are and, and try and help, help mm. around the house as much as you can. Women love, love, love help and they love attention. If you show just even a little, the slightest of efforts, you'll find that things will probably, you know, and be easier for you. And also, I think, um, in terms of how much sex you can have while you're pregnant, there's no limit. There's I no think limit. Unless your, your, your medical doctor has specified that you may not have sex during pregnancy, you can have pregnancy right up, right up, right up until the last day before yes. baby. I used born. to prescribe sex to pregnant women mm-hmm. who were having delayed, uh, deliveries. It works. And they just wouldn't go into labor. Mm. And you know, they would all laugh and be horrified. I'm like, yes. Go Papa, home. You know, cause, <laughs> go home and have sex. And call me, yes. you know, a few because hours later. Especially in government hospitals, you know, yeah. we're not, you know, not very kind to couples coming in together. So it's the guy will probably be outside somewhere far and the lady will come on her own. I said, okay, fine. One last thing I have to do with you, call your husband. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, you know, so confused. I'm like, Papa, when you leave here, ne? doctor's orders, 
go and get the deed done. Have sex as much as you can. It stimulates labor. Because it stimulates that sperm has those prostate glandins that work on your cervix yeah. and everything gets soft and before you know it, the babas are there. So it's, it's very real. And there's, it's a myth that, you know, you're going to hurt the baby. And I, I, I get I that a lot. I never understood that. I mean, if you think of the distance between the tip of the penis and where the baby's at, there's like so many barriers in between. Yeah. I've never understood that. Yeah. And it, it continues. Eh? I speak about it all the time, but still. And you'll get women who are pregnant. They'll be like, no, my husband won't touch me. And I'm like, you know, I'm bursting here with so much sexual tension. I'm like, darling. <laughs> Get a clitoral vibrator. And do it yourself. yourself. <laughs> Let him watch you do it and that might get him, you know, into bed. But that that's just some of the things that we we come across here. Yeah. Well, Matthew has a question. He wants to know, what could be the reason for a girl that skips her menstrual stru- cycle every two to three months? She's done pregnancy tests. She's she's negative. You know, what could be the issue there? Yeah, it's quite broad, but we'll, we'll break it down in a little bit. And remember, menstrual cycle depends on hormones. Mm. So it's your hormonal cascade. Things happen that influence that. You may, for example, be someone who's having endometriosis. You may skip your period because of that. You may have some um, things like fibroids, which themselves end up secreting excess hormones into your bloodstream. That may be a reason. Um, you may be someone who probably has some stress or something that's happening in your life. And a lot of women will tell you that if I'm so stressed... I do get either a heavy bleed or some women miss a bleed altogether. Your girlfriend may be on a contraceptive that you're not aware of. Yeah. It may be the pill. Sometimes the, the dose is so light. It's so low that you can, you know, um, skip a, skip a, a period, a cycle. That's what yeah. you call a breakthrough bleed. Um, it may be on the injectable. That can also be a reason. And there could actually no, be no reason. Well, it could be weight loss yeah. as well. I mean, if you look at me and, 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 and my eating plan, I mean, I've lost a considerable amount of weight. And what's happened with my cycle is that I'm now going every six weeks instead of going every four weeks. Because mm. as you were explaining to me earlier on, um, the estrogen, a lot of it is, 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 um, released yes. in the fat around the hips. So I've lost almost all my fat around my hips. Yes. And that explains then my, my wonky cycle. Your delayed cycle. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes it's normal. Hey, not everything that happens to our bodies is abnormal. Yeah. What do we, I always ask the, you know, any patient that come across, okay, fine. Is that normal for you? Mm. Don't compare yourself to what you heard your colleague say or your mom or your sister. Is that normal for you? Has it always been like that? Because it's impossible for me to fix your cycle. Yeah. If you are a 45 year old woman and you've only had your period every three months, mm. I'm not going to change that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And for as long as it's not interfering with your fertility, which is always our number one concern when it comes to cycles and, 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 and yeah. abnormal bleedings. And you're not anemic as a result of an abnormal or heavy bleed. And you know, it's not interfering with your school, you know, school going as, as teenagers would be most of the time or work. Then we're not, we're not worried. Mm, and what about sex during menstruation, Dr. C? What are your thoughts around layer that? Layer towel. <laughs> that is quick. I'm team layer <laughs> towel. I don't play around. <laughs> okay. Lay okay. the towel. <laughs> okay, let's just, so, let's just, okay, let's speak about uh, the health issues around sex during menstruation. <laughs> okay. So the, the main thing, obviously, is that there is a lot of blood yes. that we're talking about here. So you don't want to be having unprotected sex during a period. Even if I say, even if you both know that your partner is clear with STIs or HIV, just hygienically, just use a condom. That's what I always say. That's yes, definitely say well, yeah. put a layer towel on and don't spot everywhere on your linen. Put a towel on, put a condom on, enjoy. You won't even need lube because remember you've got, um, you know, well, the blood, the, the blood, blood is there. Is there. Yeah. You, your, your, 
pelvic area is already engorged anyway, so your orgasm is probably going to be that much better and, and stronger and, and stronger. Yeah, and it helps with pain. Mm. It helps. Sex helps with menstrual pain. It does. And if you're someone that can handle the thought of it, go for it. Try it once. You know, some people are like, oh, it's whatever. Or the guy will find it funny. Or just put it out there. Not just before you have sex, obviously, mm. but like just as a side note, you know. Yeah, can we try just this? Say, yeah, look, if I have a period, can we try this? Or would you be willing to try this? Or just tune them into when I'm talking, someone <laughs> radio and say, just listen and, and then, make it as if it's a coincidence. And, and the important <laughs> thing as well, Dr. C, is consent. I think, I mean, I mean, I've got a question here. Inappropriate wants to know, you know, what is it with people and the fear of anal sex? And if you and your partner are interested in anal sex, how do you go about it? We'll answer the question now. But the whole thing is around consent. You have to have the consent of your sexual partner before you try something out. Whether it's sex during menstruation, whether it's anal sex, just talk about it. And if the one person says no, then it's a no. no. Even if it's oral sex in the movies, darling, you still need consent. Just because yeah. I showed up to your house or I left the club with you doesn't mean that I've said yes to having sex. Exactly. That's very so important. So consent is very, and informed consent. Absolutely. So if you're going to say to me, oh, um, I want us to try something kinky tonight. And then I walk in and there's, you know, whips and, whips and chains and you're strapping me onto things. That's still not consent. Exactly. That's, you can't say, yeah, but you said yes in the afternoon that you, you keen on trying something new. But you must, you, you need, need to know to what tell. the something new yes. is. And I always say that if you are the one, for example, who wants to try anal sex, it's up to you to do the research and say, yes, as a guy, and I want to try, this is my responsibility, so I can make it better for my partner. Mm. And then also for her and say, okay, I'm going to research a little bit on how to make it comfortable for the lady. And you take it from there, and then we'll talk about it in more detail. Yeah, so after the song break, we'll chat about it more. Hi, Dave from A1 Builders in Pretoria. Yeah. It's Dan. I found your number on the internet and I need you to build me a room, the purpose of which I cannot disclose. What? Fine. It's a sunroom. Can you start immediately? It's 4 a.m. I'm sure it's 4 a.m. somewhere, Dave, but here in SA, it's 10. You mean USA? There's more than one Pretoria out there. For the quickest and most efficient way to find what you're looking for, start your search with yellowpages.co.za or download the app. Yellow Pages. For local, reliable results. It has been locked away from the eyes of the world, chained, never to be released. But now, it wants to get out. Stay tuned to Cliff Central weekdays to find out how you can unleash the Jeep Renegade. Find hidden codes and videos posted by Jeep SA and you could win Jeep Renegade prizes. As well as become the person to single-handedly unleash the Jeep Renegade upon the shores of South Africa. Are you renegade enough? Visit unleashrenegade.co.za to find out. T's and C's apply. Cliffcentral.com Let your booty do that yoga.
Well, I'm back with um, Dr. T. Very sexy song there. Janelle Munai is quite gorgeous. She is sexy. <laughs> so yeah, before we went on, you know, before we had the song, um, someone had asked us about anal sex. I think let's chat a bit about that because it's something that comes up quite a lot. I know it comes up a lot when people email yeah. me. Anal sex. Where do you start? What do you need? Read, 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 mm-hmm. read. And the whole thing with with anal sex is that you need to be already on a good communication. With your partner mm-hmm. Because she needs to give you feedback And you need to give her feedback as well mm-hmm. It's not a You know And you don't in yourself in the corner When you're having anal sex You need to be giving yourself And each other feedback Yeah And one of the first things That I always say Is you need to massage Each other But the buttocks Try get that anus to relax And having a nice warm bath helps And nice massage before also helps and contrary to what everyone sees on porn clips, because that's where most guys get their reference for anal sex from, which is very bad. Yeah. Is that it's actually the woman who should be in control of the rhythm, of the speed, and of the depth. So, how you be sitting on the chair should be the guy, and the woman must be sitting, both of them facing the same direction, preferably. And she must be the one to go into him, not him thrusting into her. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Can yeah. Because you know, you think she has all the control. Exactly. And feedback is good. You know, we need to give each other feedback. And there are products out there, like I've got some lubricants here, yeah. which help a lot in terms of um, the, the 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 secretions and having things nice and wet. Because remember, your anus doesn't have any glands um, for for lubrication. Which yeah. are naturally there So you need to lubricate, lubricate, lubricate Invest the money that you need To then try anal sex If Things like massage oil you don't have Things like um, lubricants And if you're not willing to invest the money That you need to do it To make your partner comfortable Then don't try it yeah. You know, as simple as that I think that's a great um, message Yes And you know, there are some other anal toys there That you can use to help also relax the, the, the anus mm-hmm. You Like little beads on a, on, a, on a string Yeah And that helps as well um, And they, they increase the size The more relaxed the anus is The more, um, you know, of the beads that you can fit And then after that You can then try um, with penetration but always, my advice is: it's never the guy to thrust into to to the to the lady. It's always the lady who's in control. Who's in who control. In control of and remember, in terms of advancement, you only meant to advance one centimeter an hour if mm. you're doing it properly for the very first for time. the first time. So it's very slow, and you're not gonna go from no anal sex to three rounds of anal sex all in one day. No, You're not, not even going to get to a proper round that first time. That's that true. first time is all about exploring, knowing where things are, seeing where each other's pain threshold is. You know, do you need to massage for five minutes or for 10 minutes? Um, you know, there's, what I don't like to use a lot is the numbing cream because if, if your anus is numb, then you can't tell. If you're having pain, you can't tell, then people end up with some tears. And but there's the anal uh, fissures. I, I mean, I've had patients with anal fissures. They take a very long time to heal. If they heal fine. sometimes. Mm. So they're not nice. So you need to be able to give back that, that feedback to say, yes, I'm comfortable or no, it's a little bit, you know, painful. There are some creams which are milder, um, like Buddy Ease, which people can, you know, um, can find online on my website to have a look. There's a specific category that says, you know, anal play. Okay. And great. there, there's a whole lot of, um, you know, products that you can 
get that will help you with that. But the main thing is that please read up on your responsibilities, read up on what can be expected on your partner's side and definitely consent and then just make sure that you're both comfortable and you've got all the nice little, um, you know, lubricants that you can use. Okay. And then, okay, on to oral sex because I've tweeted a bit about oral sex. I've tweeted about, um, using cling wrap when mm-hmm. you, when, you know, if you're giving, um, a woman oral sex and the response was crazy. So yeah, I thought to myself, you know what? I'll ask Dr. T and let's hear what <laughs> she has to tell the people because maybe if they come from her, they might understand it differently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. To all of the above, mm-hmm. you need to use protection even when you're giving oral sex. So for guys, they've got the condoms. Yeah. And for the ladies, there is a female condom which is less readily available. So in that case where you don't have the condom, the female condom available, and you want to give oral sex to a woman, definitely use cling wrap. And sensation is not affected, It doesn't affect sensation. It's thin enough, but thick enough to protect us from all the the infections that we're worried about. And things like dental dams. I mean, in, I struggle to find one, first of all. Exactly. So, we, read about, we read about them all the time. Use a dental dam for yeah. anal rimming. Use a dental dam for oral sex. Where Try find, find them? Exactly. You know, very difficult so. to find. And so if all else fails, please use cling wrap. Yeah. Okay. And, and flavored condoms. I mean, that's why they're there. <laughs> I've never, I, I, I always wonder what did people think flavored condoms were for? Like, yeah. why? Why would, why would Durex make flavored condoms? And so many. <laughs> and so many different flavors. Yeah. So that when you give a blowjob, you can put a condom on and, yeah. And give oral sex. Yes. And there's no mess at the end. So remember that whole thing about ladies, do I swallow? Do I spit? Well, hello, darling. Use a condom. You won't have to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. So inappropriate asks now, can the belly button ever be a sexual organ? Like, is it sensual? Yes, is it, it can. Mm-mm, yes, <laughs> anything can. <laughs> Even the inner ear sometimes, I, you know, I've had people ask me, um, I've tried to put it in there. I'm like, well, look, you know, <laughs> if it fits, it's fine. <laughs> you know, but our entire bodies are sexual organs. And you've tweeted about this before. They are, yeah. You know, from the little crease around behind your knee to your elbow, um, you know, your, your ear lobe, every little thing. And if you take time to explore your partner, I promise you, you'll even be at the movies and you can press those buttons and you know what's going on there. By the time you get home, well, it's done. It's done. Okay. Faking it. What are your thoughts on faking we it? We all fake it. it. We all can. Mm, okay. Please let say me say it louder. Please say it louder. Yeah, we all can fake it. We have that ability to, even guys, guys can fake mm. an organism. And there's always this thing there, but you, you'll see my Jekyll. No, 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 no. You I know, I know fake. many men who, who come to me and say, doctor, I do, I do, ha- um, ejac- I do have an orgasm, but I don't ejaculate. There are many guys who do not produce anything. Yes. Right. And it, your ejaculate will get less and less and less and less the more you have sex. So example, I always call them the binge sex. Yeah. Long distance relationships. So you plan, or yo, ki April, no, end of May, na, na, I'm coming to Johannesburg. There you go, Park Station, you are there, end of May. What's gonna happen that weekend? You guys will be bonking, probably in your heads, before you even get into the taxi. By the time you get home, you won't even go out to buy food. Ne? You make sure that you're fully stocked, because the entire weekend, it's a sex marathon. That's what happens. By the Saturday night, she's probably so dry, and he probably doesn't have as much of ejaculation as he would have had the two or three days before. So it's very possible to fake an orgasm and not see an ejaculation. But it's also true that you can have an orgasm and not still um, ejaculate. Yeah. So 
It, it, it and I'm glad you true. said that because I think a lot of people rely on the ejaculate. That's that's their that's their sign that oh this person you know you know can yes. no that's not true it's, it's not true that is not true, and um and in terms of women faking it I think the one thing that I always tell patients and and I mean I I give talks at baby showers as well I think I'm I'm tired of going to baby showers where you're being told what to cook how to cook what to do you yes. know and stuff like that bridal parties, and I always say get yourself a sex toy. Talk to your man and let him know what makes you tick. Because trust me, you don't want to spend the rest of your life faking it. Yes. You know, and I think that's a message that I get a lot from you when I listen to your show. That mm. you're telling everyone to take responsibility mm. for their happiness, especially when it comes to sex. Because yeah. you, you need to yourself. tell him. Yeah, you, you need to tell your partner by faking her. it. Yeah, you need to tell mm. him or her which buttons to press. Yeah, and you won't know that if you yourself unpressing those buttons. Mm. There isn't a manual. No way. That will say, oh, for Tlaleng, this is where you press. And for Cindy, this is... Only Tlaleng or Cindy can say, hello, darling, this is where I like it, or this is how I like it. Oh, no, 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 today I don't want it that way. I know I said so yesterday, but today this is how I like it. And we should have that freedom and that confidence to be able to to, to do that and to say that. And you won't do that unless you know yourself. So, exactly. you know, sex toys are not these humongous looking things. And that's they the can thing, be so Dr. feminine. You know, I think the, the, the difference between a dildo and a clitoral vibrator, I, I really, people need to sit down, especially guys that think that sex toys are penis replacements. Like, really, no. No, I mean, the dildo won't kiss us. It won't tell us it loves us. It won't do any of that stuff. So. Exactly. So you need to, first of all, find out what the difference is between a dildo and a clitoral vibrator mm. and then take it from there. Because I think if there's still that mentality, we, have, we haven't even started having this discussion no. properly. And there's G-spot stimulators as well. Yeah. And there's toys that are just for the lady to enjoy on her own. And I mean, I showed you a toy earlier on that guys can use to masturbate. That doesn't mm. replace the vagina, but yes, it's designed to feel like one, but it doesn't replace and one. And it helps, and it helps with, with, um, premature ejaculation, which is a big problem for many, many guys. Yeah. I, I mean, I prescribe it yeah. as a doctor's order. Literally, I prescribe. Go and toy. get this toy yes. and, you know, premature ejaculation, weak erections, guys who are not confident. Um, some people have go through a lot of trauma. I mean, in our country, we know a lot of sexual trauma that happens. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have to learn how to have sex again, how to enjoy sex again. And it goes for both men and for females. Yeah. So there's some toys which, you know, like we're saying, they're very feminine. They look like a lipstick. If you yeah. don't know what it is, you won't know what it is. Um, and some of them are designed for both to enjoy. The vibrator showed you earlier on, that literal one. Yeah. If you put a sleeve on it, suddenly it turns into a cock ring and both of you can enjoy mm. the clitoral stimulation, the vibration, and the guy can enjoy a little bit of that um Blood vessel constriction And he lasts longer Because he loves it You responding And you having a good time And everybody's Is you know Having a good time And I think the thing is Is around understanding The physiology of orgasms I, You know I always say Direct Sustained Clitoral stimulation And you're guaranteed An orgasm yes. You know And so You know We need to make people Understand that It's, it's all centered Around this little knob that mm. you tend to ignore. Yeah. Everything that grows and gets swelled and mm. it gets engorged with blood vessels and the nerve endings. I mean, the clitoris has the most nerve endings in the entire body. Mm. So that's it, where the fun is. And it's there for a reason. You know, people always say, oh, some people, um, women are not meant to enjoy sex. It's for the men. No ways. If you look at, at evolution and how everything went, it's yeah. women who always had the power over sex and the vagina and want to give it up. Always. So we need to take that back and say, Come ladies, you know, let's learn about our bodies, let's be informed, let's be empowered, so that when you don't like someone thrusting at you on doggy style from the back, you can say, tilt a little bit, you know, tilt your back, 
sway to the side and suddenly the game changes and you're back to enjoying it. And I mean, what's everyone doing with their spare hands during sex? I always ask that and they, I get blank stares. What are you doing? And people say like, I, I never, he never gives me an orgasm. He never gives you an orgasm? You know, like, no. You're meant to be doing other things with that hand. You know, stimulate your own clitoris. Stimulate your own nipples. Even with him. He can stimulate you. You stimulate him because we're in this together. So all those things. Let's do things with our hands. Um, Our tongues. Whoa. Hello. You know, it's warm. It's wet. What else do you want? <laughs> it's long. <laughs> you know? So go for it. Go for it. Go for it. And I mean, if you're worried about hygiene, the best kind of foreplay, have a shower together. Yeah. Then you won't have to get awkward just before you have sex. Maybe... You know, it's key fly by night. You don't want to have those deep, meaningful conversations about hygiene now with your, you know, hit and run. No, that's not going to happen. Just but then hop into a shower. Have your foreplay and hop into a shower. Hop into a bath. And that's sorted. Another question. Um, is there a limit to the number of rounds one can have? There's no limit. However, can we stop putting pressure on ourselves? Because, you know, the guys will meet. I know them. You know, every time I say the guys, believe me, they've told me and I've seen and I've heard. So the guys will meet, ne? Go chisanyam on a Sunday afternoon and then they'll start after the fourth or third period. Yeah, you know, namediaka. Yeah, no, kishaile, yo, kishaile, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, four or five rounds and then she didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, she can't even walk, you know? And guys take pride in that. And they're like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm like, how did that happen? Eh? And then they start, yeah, no, I took this bed or whatever. Or, and it's so sad. Because, so much pressure. And the visit to the doctor, Dr. Sinti, please, I need something. I need this, On the I need Monday that. morning, yeah. they will miss work. To come they to see a, a GP work. to ask for help, you know. And get me now, I know how to get things out of people. Ne? So I will ask, but why suddenly today, You've been this fine Monday, all these years. Yeah, this Monday, you come asking me about the rounds and you don't last long. What do you mean you don't last long? When you go into this, you find that someone is having the best sex of their lives, but they are listening to so many other stories and putting pressure on themselves. And there isn't anyone who can have four or five rounds every single day of their lives. There isn't. It, it doesn't, we were not designed that way. Exactly. Okay. And I think this is why I'm enjoying this chat because, you know, we've, we, we understand the physiology behind this. We understand the anatomy behind this. And I think what people don't realize is that, um, if you're not there in a room with people, as they have sex Whatever they tell you Is just really Their yeah. version of events Exactly you know? And I always then ask Okay So which lubricant Do you use <laughs> And then they're like Lubricant I, that, that's, not, that's for old people I'm like Listen There's no ways Your woman Can have sex Five rounds Every night Every day Exactly And not You don't even know What lubrication is exactly. It's impossible yeah, It's impossible So we very easily We see through these things And we help You know The guys to say Look This Take this out of this experience and try something else. If you want to have more rounds and you find that it's probably painful or she turns off because that's what ladies will probably do. She doesn't want to go into the whole thing about I'm dry because then you're going to say, oh, you're cheating on me. Why don't you find me sexy anymore? Yeah. So she'll rather just have a headache. But if you just invested money into a lubricant, then you can offer the lubricant and don't judge your woman if she comes home with a lubricant or a nice little toy or something that's new that she wants to bring into the relationship it's for the benefit of both of you mm. and that's what women mostly fear they fear that the guys will you know they'll judge them or they will you know talk them down and things or make fun of them even you know say oh so gogo, you can't even get weight anymore people say things like that yeah, they do. and they don't realize that lubrication is for every a, a good sex relationship Will have has a lubricant in it. Oh, absolutely. If you don't have lubricant in your cupboard, I don't believe you're having great sex. Mm. 
I mean, I always say to people that um, a clitoral vibrator is an investment in that. I mean, imagine going into sex knowing that you are guaranteed an orgasm. Each time you hook up with your partner, you are going to orgasm. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to have sex every day? Exactly. So if you get your, if you get your partner a clitoral vibrator, trust me, you can have more sex because yeah. those orgasms are out of this world. Yes. And then she's relaxed. Mm. Then she feels like, ooh, and then I also want that. I mean, imagine being at the office and getting an SMS from your lady saying, ooh, ooh, I can't wait for tonight. Mm. I mean... You know, how many people want that? Everyone wants that. Um, you know, and then you get that foreplay going on even before. But I'm not going to sit on the phone and WhatsApp you the, for four hours before we meet for foreplay when I know I'm not even, you're you not come. even going to wait for me to get aroused. Never exactly. mind having orgasm. You're not even going to ask me how my day was. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So if you often say, oh, um, my partner doesn't like foreplay. Well, what's the end result after foreplay? So you want to do what? all of this and then? Mm. Yeah. Premature ejaculation, very serious topic. I mean, I saw people tweeting about it and, and making fun of the situation, but I mean, you and I both know that this is a very serious topic. And yeah. I think what people, you know, this is how it presents, you know, if you're, if you're a doctor, so patients will come in, a male patient will come in and tell you they've got flu and they'll list everything else that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And we know immediately yeah. that it's premature ejaculation. Yeah. That's the issue or erectile dysfunction yes. because guys generally will not go to a doctor for a flu. So no. they'll go around in circles. And this goes to show that there's so much stigma and shame attached to erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation. Yeah. And there is help out there. And I think this is why I'm so happy we're having this show. Guys need to know if you have a problem, you can get help. You can Start get at help. your GP. And don't get angry. Like, I don't know what it is that, that people always go for anger. It, it's a very destructive emotion. And, and for some reason, when something happens to us, we just get angry. And then we stop there. Get angry, but then stop and say, okay, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Did I contribute something to this? And I know that I'm judging myself, your inner self. You know that you're guilty of something. And be honest and say, okay. This is the reason why. You know, a lot of guys will have erectile dysfunction when they, when sometimes, when they, they're being uh, unfaithful. Yeah. Ne? They start to feel guilty, and then they'll come to me and say, "When I'm with my wife, I, I can't. can't get it up. Yeah. When I'm with my girlfriend, I'm okay." But now, can you see that already? The problem is not erectile dysfunction. Mm. It's, it's relationships just- and the guilt and everything goes on around infidelity. Some guys, what they'll do is they'll probably have diabetes or hypertension, undiagnosed, untreated. They start having those um, vasculitis and cardiovascular diseases as a result. So the guy will say, no, I want to prove that it's the woman who has a problem. Mm. So what? He has sex a couple of times and then comes back and says, ah, you see, I told you, it's you. And it's not. And it's not. So there's a lot of dynamics and we can't talk about, I mean, I was saying this to you earlier, we can't, I can't just be sexual health doctor. I have to be a relationship doctor too. It goes because hand it hand. goes hand in hand. Some people come to me and straight up, I can't have an orgasm. And then they stop. And then, you know, someone else would be like, oh, that's a good patient. She's direct and she says, she, I can't have an orgasm. But if you dig deeper, the problem is not the orgasm. The problem is somewhere else. So it's very good to, to have the two linked together. But you were saying it's, it's very, it's very broad. And remember, we doctors at the end of the day, we, yes, we talk about sex and everyone must have a good sex life. But I still check you for diabetes, for high blood pressure. I still go through your medicine cabinet to see if there's some epilepsy medicine that you've been taking for 30 years. You've even forgotten that you actually taking them. And to your decreased libido. Exactly. So, so a lot of a lot of us, you know, I mean, funny enough, I was a patient just the other day, and someone asked me if had an operation, and I was like, um, 
Okay, I had a cesarean, but that's it. And I thought, no, man, I've had my tonsils taken out. Mm. But that was when, <laughs> 20 years ago. Yeah. And I've completely forgotten. And that's the one that would actually directly, you know, impact on what I was discussing at the time with the doctor. But that's not the one that I brought up. Mm. So everyone, you know, you forget certain things and, and the, don't get upset when your doctor keeps pushing you on something. There's a reason. Mm. There's a reason why we've got, if you, we've got these algorithms in our head and we're putting yes, everything together. Yes. So if, if you come with a headache and I press you about school, Kids, I press you on work. Don't get upset, right? This doctor, I came here for a headache and she's busy. Now she's doing a pap smear. What's yeah. this? Mm-hmm. You know. And then if you don't understand all, because I'm now assimilating my head. What are your risk factors? Yeah. You know, as a 45 year old woman in South Africa, you know, you've had all these kids. Yes, fine. You've never had a pap smear. You know, when I offer that to you, rather ask. Okay, stock. Why are you offering me this today? You know, always speak to your doctor. If you don't find someone who's you know, a doctor who you understand, who you're free to ask things, find another one. I promise you there it's are so enough important. of us around yeah. for you to find someone you are comfortable with that yeah. you can be open with. Well, Dr. T, before we go, I mean, I love your, your kits. I love all the things that you have in your box, uh, the stuff, the products that you're selling on your website. I am so happy that I did not find a single feminine hygiene product in your box. So yes. this whole thing of vaginal sprays, vaginal washes, vaginal wipes, vaginal everything. Like People need to leave their vaginas alone. The organ cleans itself. It's a it's a washing machine. It's self it's, cleaning it's machine. And leave it alone. Love that smell. It's your smell, and it's different from everyone else's smell. Mm, and, and 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 the thing that I always say to people is that the only smell you should worry about is when your vagina starts smelling like tint. Like tint pill shots, like Lucky Star. Yeah. That smell means I need to go to the doctor today, yes. right now. And In if you're having, um, yeah. your discharge will change. So after menstruation, you'll probably be a little bit drier than normal. Around ovulation, you're going to have a normal discharge, which is creamy in consistency. It won't smell, but it will be there. You'll notice the increase in the discharge. And just before your period, you may have another, um, Increasing your discharge. Thrush, that's not an STI, you know. Mm. That's just an imbalance of some, um, lactobacilli in your vagina, probably because of sprays, lotions, wipes, Sticking and your all finger those in things. There and, you know, yeah. nice laps and everything yes. else. Stop and don't it. use food around your vaginal area. I know the romantic movies have cream and strawberries and chocolate. That's for your body. You know, for your vagina and for your penis. There's, there's lubricants which are flavored. I've got one that's flavored like strong rum, hot buttered rum. If oh, you're yeah. someone that likes that <laughs> and you can use that for a blowjob. Um, but it's all, you know, flavored, uh, synthetically. So don't use any literally put food in your vagina. That's not good. And where can we find your products, Dr. T? Okay. The website is www.talengm.pureromance.co.za. Okay. Or you can email me at uh, DRTP Mofuging at gmail.com. Follow me at Twitter, Dr. Tlaleng. Yeah. And last message for everyone that's listening. Guys, let's have good sex. Let's be informed. Let's enjoy ourselves and understand our risks. And remember that we're all different. So what works for me will not necessarily work for you. And just always have that one person that you trust that you can always just check yourself against. And if that's your doctor, if that's me, great. But just Let's talk. Let's talk about sex, but let's be informed so we can have the best sex of our lives. Thank you so much, Dr. Tito. It's fantastic having you in studio. Cliffcentral.com.